0: Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast. For January 9th, how is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21 Sports. We have an absolutely phenomenal show for you today. As always, the ETOF21 Sports Show is sponsored by the Sharps Betting app. Use promo code ETOF499. That way they know old Uncle Rico sent you. On today's show, Gino is going to be talking some Belmont States. Jim is going to be talking some USFL and CFL. Nick is going to be giving you a fantasy football preview of the Los Angeles Rams and Denver Broncos. And my boy Brandon, we're going to try to win another NASCAR bet. And he's going to come out. We're going to talk some NASCAR. Before all that, I need to talk some NBA. Obviously, the big news, Chris Paul, what is he going to do? Is he staying? Is he going? Obviously, my head is this. He was commuting back and forth from L.A. to Phoenix because that's where his family is. He elected to stay, keep his family in L.A., when he was playing for Houston, OKC, and whatnot, and obviously the Phoenix Suns and commuting back and forth. With all that being said, I know this year is really tough on him. I know he missed his family. I expect him to go to the Los Angeles Clippers because I need a point guard. I don't think that he's going to go to the Lakers. I don't think the Lakers financially are going to be able to pull that off. Um, you know, I know he's going to get 15 million I know people are like, oh, he's going to come back for $3 million for the Suns. I don't think he's going to do that. I think he wants to be closer to this family. I can see him easily going to the Los Angeles Clippers. That's the first thing I want to touch on in the NBA. And honestly, that's the only thing. Like I said, we have a great show lined up for you today. So let's jump right into it and let's Talk some Belmont stakes with Gino from the That's What G Said podcast. We have reached the part of the podcast where we're going to talk some horse racing. Who better than come on then Gino Bacola from the That's What G Said podcast. Gino, how are you doing this evening?
1: Doing very well. A couple big days coming up. Fingers crossed at Belmont. You and I are recording on Thursday night when we're talking and they canceled Thursday because of all the weather, the bad weather and the fires uh, more so that we're coming in from Canada and all the smoke that filled baseball games got canceled on Wednesday. Looks like by Friday, things should be cleared up. So hopefully, fingers crossed, everything should be good to go for Saturday.
0: I'm hoping. Um, weird situation. Those pictures online are absolutely crazy. Yeah. A couple friends in New York, they didn't even leave their place. They said it's just it's just really weird. Um, we're going to obviously go on the assumption they're going to be running and everything while oh, we're yeah. doing this. Oh, what yeah. we're going to do is we're just same as last time with the Preakness and the Kentucky Derby. Just going to go through, ask you who you like, and then Bookmaker has some head-to-head matchups on. Interesting to see your thoughts on there. Um, nine horse field, one horse, uh, tappet shoes, morning line 20 to 1. Um, to this bo- horse, do I want to put it in my pick fours and fives, or is this a horse to put underneath, or is this Maybe a horse just to leave
1: underneath? Horse, he's gonna be he's in a little bit tough here. He's definitely gonna have to run the best race he's ever run in his life um by far to compete with these he was second behind red route one in a race called the Bathhouse row back in um back at the end of april he's never even been in a graded stakes race so in this race it's it's a tough spot for him now he's not he doesn't have a whole lot of bad races recently and he does have a little bit of like, tactical early speed i could see him sitting third and maybe or in that top flight and maybe being a part of the pace. So he could have an impact in the race. I don't necessarily love him in here though. I think it's a, a tough spot for him. I could see him just maybe being more forwardly placed.
0: Uh, the two horse tap it trice going off at three to one in the morning line.
1: Yeah. He, he's the horse. Who's been one of the better horses in this group throughout. What's good about this field is we probably have like the three best horses for the last few months in this group of the three-year-olds Forte, Angel of Empire, and Tappet Trice were kind of consistently at the top of the division, and they're all going to be in this race. So it should be a really strong race in that sense. Tappet Trice was a horse who you always just felt like the Belmont was going to be the best race for him of the Triple Crown races, the way he's built, his running style, the Kentucky Derby, where there's a bunch of horses and you have to shift around. He's not all that maneuverable. He's not necessarily the most athletic. He's more of a big sort of longer striding horse. And this track should play pretty well for him. All that being said, I don't necessarily love him. Like he wouldn't shock me at all, but I'm probably the coldest on him of the three favorites. Uh, um, Would not surprise me at all. I just... I didn't think he, he had a little bit of traffic trouble in the Kentucky Derby. Some good late, and uh, he had some, you know, got going to the outside. He angled out. Pletcher has won the Belmont four times. His rider has also won the Belmont. But yeah, I, I just like others a little bit more.
0: The three horse, Archonado. I think we're one. going.
1: I think we're going Arcangelo with uh, with uh, the number three. I tried. I you, tried. Did. I tried. you did. I did. So this is cool because Jenna Antonucci is his trainer. She would become the first female trainer ever to win the Belmont. His rider, Javier Castellano, he was the rider of Mage, uh, who won the Kentucky Derby earlier this year. So he rode Mage in the Derby and the Preakness. Mage isn't in this race, so he gets to ride someone else, and he is on Arcangelo. He's a very interesting horse. I, I will be using him in, like, pick fours and pick fives and stuff like that. He's peaking at the right time. He is sort of a later developing horse. So he wasn't even in the Derby. He didn't have any Kentucky Derby points. He ran in the Peter Pan, which is a prep race at Belmont. So that's a major positive for him. He has a prep race at Belmont. um, So he's run over the track recently at the meet. He has something that nobody else in this field can say that they've won over this track at this meet currently. Um, I think he's a player. Um, He's going to be making the third start of his form cycle He's just a horse who can, continues to improve. Those are the horses who I like in here. I think I have him picked third, and I'll be using him in all, almost all of my pick fours and pick fives.
0: Now, generally speaking, jockeys, excuse me, have their choice, is it, of ride? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, the, well, oh. they get offered, basically, the owner's pick. Right. So the owners get to decide who they want to ride their horse. They go ask the jockeys, then the jockeys will make the decision. So, so um, if Javier
0: had his choice between which horse would he have picked if
1: he would um, have stayed with mage, you would have stayed with mage, especially Um, because just probably and, and in particular because mage had just won the Derby too. I think he would have stuck with him after that big win. No, what happens a lot of times though, this is a good question. and It's kind of interesting. So what happens for a lot of jockeys, certain jockeys will ride a lot for certain trainers, right? Like that'll be their go-to rider. You'll always see, you know, Chad Brown and Irad Ortiz Jr., you know, and you see combinations where you know that that's his go-to guy. So sometimes Irad will maybe ride a horse that's not quite as good, but is the Chad Brown horse, because that's, it makes the most sense to stay with that bar and that's all your business, right? They're going to put you on all of their best horses. You'll see that sometimes, but most of the time, I think the jockeys get together with their agents. They really do try to pick um, who gives them their better chance, especially in a big race. would um, be very cool for Javier to win two different triple crown races on two different horses.
0: Number four, the national treasure.
1: Now he was the Preakness winner. He went wire to wire in the Preakness. This field is way tougher than he faced in the Preakness. Uh, he will again be forwardly placed. He might be the horse to catch. I do think in this field with the presence of the horse we're going to talk about next, Il Miracolo, possibly even tap its shoes, I think National Treasure will get pressured a little bit in here. I don't love him all that much. He actually looked like he was beat, and he was headed. Uh, Blazing Sevens got by him late in the stretch, but National Treasure battled back and ended up winning the Preakness. Can't take that away from him. I think this is a much tougher race. I think he'll be facing the toughest field he's ever faced. He honestly might be facing, like, he's already faced Forte previously, in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. This field, including, like, Tapit Trice and Angel of Vampire, by far the toughest field he's ever faced. So, for me, I'm a little cold on National Treasure. Now, the five. I'll, I'll help you here. Il, Il Miracolo. There you go. Uh um, Miracolo. Okay. He is the longest shot in the field. He should be about 500 to 1 if odds were... Uh, went up that high. If you're looking at any type of speed figures, he is nowhere in the same world as the rest of the field. He won his last race and they put the blinkers on him in his last couple starts and he showed more speed. So he could be a really big presence in this race because he might make it difficult for national treasure. He could really impact how the race plays out. I do not think he's good enough to win at the draw. When they um, picked the, uh, the post positions, they, they interviewed his owner and they asked, why did you decide to run in the Belmont? He said, I love to gamble. So, uh, Hey, shout out, shout out to the owner, just taking a swing. You know, Um, he would have to run so much faster than any race he's run in all 10 of his races. And everybody else would have to regress a bunch in this race, it, it, so it would be pretty crazy.
0: What you're saying is for him to hit the board would be a miracle.
1: Yes. It would be okay. shocking. All right. Shocking. Uh, six
0: forte. Obviously he was the favorite going into the Kentucky Derby had to pull out here, um, pull out there. Now the morning line favorite at five to two coming out of the six path. What do you think of him?
1: Yeah, what's really concerning is that he's going to run a mile and a half now and he actually hasn't run a race since April the 1st. Like missing that Kentucky Derby race really is going to impact his fitness level going into this race. And that's what scares me because, you know, you look at the rest of this field and everybody else in here has a race in May or in very late April. And he's going to be spotting fitness to like everybody else now so
0: basically hypothetically let's say i am going to run didn't run the derby okay like my horse like i have a horse i'm targeting for the belmont i didn't run the derby so i would have how many races is calendar year going
1: into this race so that's archangelo for example um archangelo i i always say it both ways uh Arcangelo didn't run in the Derby, but he ran in the Peter Pan. So he was, he was never supposed to run in the Kentucky Derby. His plan was, let's see if we can get our horse to the Belmont. He was sort of a later developing horse. He didn't, he, his first race was in December and then he ran in January. He had a little bit of time off and he came back in March and then he ran again in May. So you look at him, he has a race that's really nice like a nice month out, you know, those four weeks uh, spread out right now versus a a horse like Forte who hasn't run since April and he's coming off of a foot bruise. He did beat Mage and Mage won the Derby. He might be the most talented horse. I think he's going to run well and finish like second or third in here. I think he's just not going to have enough late in the Belmont going this mile and a half. Imagine trying to run a marathon when you're a little bit out of shape. It's going to be like that. He's not at his tip-top tip, top fitness level, and a lot of these other horses will be. So he would him winning this to me would be extremely impressive.
0: Gino, you may not know about this about me, but I ran a half marathon when I was it when right out of college on a dare when I was hungover and I was able to finish. So, dude, anything anything is possible, my friend.
1: Well I was, done.
0: That was that was when I was way in shape because I just got done playing and way younger knees we'll say uh
1: number seven hit show 10 to one i like it show uh this this is my this is my play in here he's improved if you're looking at speed figures in every race in his career he's improved a little bit his withers win was very good and at that point he was one of the better horses and, and that was a really impressive victory and then he took a little time off so in the wood memorial he drew the outside post, had a little bit of trouble in that race. He finished second. He lost to a big long shot. He still should have won, but then when you look back at it after, you can make some excuses why he may not have. And then in the Kentucky Derby, I thought he ran really well. He finished fifth. He was he drew the rail, which is kind of tough in the Derby, but he showed me that he's like a little bit versatile. He's tactical. I, he's a little more handy than I thought he was. Um, and if he can improve just a little bit more, he moved early into a fast pace. I thought he held pretty well. Um, I like him in here. Uh, I like him quite a bit. Hit Show is going to be my play.
0: Um, Is
1: Franco still on him? Because Franco yeah. ran him in the derby, right? Yep. And he won the Belmont when the Belmont was rescheduled during the pandemic. The Belmont was actually the first race uh, yeah. a couple years ago. So he uh, has a little experience and Brad Cox uh we know has also won the belmont
0: um cuz it was going to be tyler graffey i hate that jockey i was immediately going to not not
1: play him. no I luck hate, for you there i hate tyler uh the number 8 angel of empire yeah he's a major player in here uh, i i had him i have him second he's he's just not done much wrong uh, throughout his career he'll he'll add the blinkers which is a little surprising when you see horses that have run well repeatedly make an equipment change, but they'll put the blinkers on for him. Um He had to come from way, way out of it in the Kentucky Derby, but he won the Arkansas Derby. He won the risen star. Like I just don't really have many knocks on him compared to everybody else in the field. He feels like the most safe play for a horse. Who's going to run really, really well.
0: The nine red route one going off at 15 to
1: one. What do you think of him? He's going to have to improve a little bit in this race um, to win here. Red route one is a deep closer. A lot of people have just sort of assumed he would be a horse who, you know, would would run well in the Belmont because of his running style as the race has got a little bit longer, but Red route one, he's going to need a little bit of help up front. I'm not sure how fast they'll be going. There might be a little bit of pressure up there, but I could see him underneath. He would really need a big step forward to win.
0: Now we're going to shift our attention over to -to head-to-head matchups. Gino's been phenomenal at these. He's told you three of them that you absolutely have to lock in in the previous two legs of the triple crown and hopefully you can give us another winners and continue the streak. Uh we're gonna start off with Tappet shoes and Il Morocco.
1: Tappet shoes.
0: I mean, but it's he's minus two seventy three. I mean like That's anything
1: like- I would be anything Il Morocco, but like I wouldn't play I, I mean I'm leaning Tappet shoes, but like you said, we don't bet these unless they're under like minus one forty ish or so. Otherwise, I think you can just find a better way to make value. I
0: think me being the rookie, I was muted right there. I gave you like a huge compliment how well you've been hitting these I, during my intro. No, I, I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, next one, we are going to hit show and Archello. Hit show is minus one twenty. Based on your description of the horses, you'd be all over this minus one twenty.
1: Yeah, I'd lean. I'd lean hit show in that one. Yeah, Um, that that's a solid one. They'll probably be pretty close um to odd, like to their odds when it comes to uh it, and honestly, if if you look at that and you see that it shows a better price, you know, you can even play him, make sure to play him for sure in the pools and betting you know, on the win end.
0: Uh next one we have Archinello
1: and Red Route. That's about as high as I'd go with uh, Archangelo. Um yeah, he I, I'd go minus one forty with him against Red Route. Hit Show against Red Route. Probably a little higher than what I'd want to go with Hit Show, but I definitely would lean Hit Show. Tap It Trice -145,
0: National Treasure getting
1: +115. Yeah, see, I mean I might lean National Treasure in that head to head. I don't I don't love either one of these horses in here. Um I probably feel more confident that Tap It Trice will like hit the board, but National Treasure if he he could get the lead and just win. Like he could do that if Il or like Tappa Shoes doesn't push him. So in that particular matchup, I might lean National Treasure on the value. Tappet Trice and
0: Forte. Tappet Trice getting plus one twenty, Forte minus one fifty.
1: I don't love that one with either of those.
0: Next one, Tappet Trice even money and Angela Empire minus one thirty.
1: Yeah, I, oh, that's sort of strange. Just kind of based on the morning line. So they think that Angel of Empire may get bet a little bit more. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they flip flop. So, I mean, I, I would like Angel of Empire too at minus 130 over Tapitrice.
0: National Treasure. This is the one thing I love about bet online plus 139, Forte minus 175.
1: Yeah, I'd probably steer clear on that one because I have some questions about Forte. I mean I'm more confident he's gonna finish better than National Treasure, but it's too high. Um
0: National Treasure plus one forty three, Angel of Empire minus one eighty.
1: Yeah, too high. I mean, I, I would definitely lean Angel of Empire, but this just too high. That's too it's minus one eighty. We could find better ways to play forte minus 118 this angel is the Vampire. one i this is one i like i would play angel of empire here for sure this is my favorite one in in anything close to a head-to-head i just feel a little bit more confident about angel of empire finishing this race strong than forte with with the the missing some of the training and the couple of weeks uh you know the, the veterinarian scratch and just the foot bruise and no race so yeah that's my favorite one we've seen so far now this next one, I mean, it's
0: Tappet Shoes minus two seventy three, and yeah. Chola plus two ten. Yeah. I mean, this is I don't the want to pass.
1: Yeah,
0: um, Hit Show. Did we do that one, or did I mess up? I lost track, dude. I yeah, have... no, I think go down.
1: We went to Tappetrice, Angel of Vampire. Yeah, I think we got. Where were you going from the bottom up? We did Archangelo Hit Show. We did. Oh, uh, here we are. We're down
0: there. Yeah, yeah that's it. We are done. Um, so obviously, yeah, that, last one,
1: that last one is the one I like the most, Angel of Empire. There.
0: So, if you so, best bet is Fort. Oh, Angel of Empire minus one twelve over Forte minus one eighteen. Gino, I would like to thank you for taking time out of your schedule to come on talk some Belmont stakes. Why don't you tell everyone about your podcast and the days it comes out and everything.
1: Yeah, this was a fun week uh, because I have a podcast that talks about a bunch of different topics. So on this week, we previewed all Saturday, the Belmont Stakes Day, nine stakes races. We had two different guests, talked for that about an hour and a half about that. You came on to talk about the NBA Finals. We went for about 15, 20 minutes, also talked a little bit about CP3, some rumors there. Had a, a deep dive on Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. So we, uh, we if you're a Marvel MCU fan, I, I've had a recap of that and of Guardians of the Galaxy 3 recently. We did everything going on in the world of wrestling. Chad Cooper joins me every week to recap WWE, NXT, AEW, Raw, SmackDown, all the weekly wrestling shows. And uh, yeah, we'll be starting to move into football soon we'll start previewing some divisions you can give me a follow on twitter it's me gino b and the podcast that's what g said
0: make sure to give my boy gino a follow also any day there's an nba game gino and i are going to be live on both our youtube channels talking about the game and we have a new show coming out uh with drf in the next few weeks 30th. i believe yep. the we have unconfirmed reports on the 30th, but within. Yeah, we'll case, have
1: to so. check on that. We'll see if Shefty uh, or uh, or Woj can confirm, you know, one of those. <laughs> so,
0: thanks for stopping by. Let's make some money and uh, we'll talk soon, my friend.
1: Anytime. Good luck, everyone.
0: Please give my boy Gino a follow at It's Me, Gino B, on Twitter. Also, make sure to check out his podcast, the That's What G Said podcast, that comes out every Monday and Friday. Also, him and I are going to be having a new DRF show coming out every single Friday. we are talking betting, MLB, and betting football now let's shift our attention over to some usfl and cfl we have reached the part of the podcast where we're going to be talking some usfl and cfl and who better come on then xfl jim jim how you doing
2: today my man living life to the fullest dude there's always plenty of football and i am always happy now this part of the podcast
0: is sponsored by royal retros Go to Royal Retros, use promo code Spring Fever. That is all one word, all capitalized. For 10% off, this place is great. Great retro football, basketball gear from former professional leagues and teams that are no longer with us. I have an Oakland Oats t-shirt coming and a Detroit Drive t-shirt coming that I'm really looking forward to. So please check that out. If you're watching this on YouTube, the link is in the description. Those listening on the podcast – the link is in the description podcast. Now, let's jump into this. We got – it's it's an action pack. We have two leagues we have to cover, so we just need to hop right into it. You guys want bets? We're going to give you bets.
2: Yes, Game one, sir.
0: We got Michigan Panthers laying one over under 41 and a half.
2: Oh, God, dude. First off, I like the under here. I like the Maulers defense left. against this Panthers, uh, against this Panthers offense. And I think the Panthers. Panthers are in a must-win situation here. Maulers still alive. Every team's still alive. I like the Maulers straight up.
0: I like the Maulers straight up too. Um, we're seeing I'm seeing a one right now, no money line. Look, I'll I'll just I'll take the one and I'll just go with it for the sake of the show. Um, Jim and I both agree. <sighs> we both like the Maulers straight up to win. And we like the over, he likes the the under 41 and a half.
2: Under 41 and a half.
0: Next game. Another big game for both teams. Breakers against the showboats. Breakers getting one and a half over under 42 and a half. Jimbo, where's your head at?
2: I like the over. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take the breakers straight up here. I think like break- uh, I think the breakers heat up to end the season. I think this is where the showboats trip up right at the finish line.
0: It kind of freaks me out that two games in we're both on the same size.
2: As it should, as it should. It kind
0: of I'm on the breakers too. I'll be taking the breakers here, plus the points. Look, you may this may get up to two. There's seems to be some showboat money coming in. I'm not going to play a to- a total, but I like I like the breakers here. I like both of these games. You know what? If you want to. Put a little money line parlay in with the Maulers and the said breakers. I'm going to another shop that does have money lines up. And if you put that one in, I think we're looking at a plus 290 parlay. Not too bad. Not too bad. Not too all. bad
2: at all. A little nice way to start your Saturday.
0: Uh Next one. The Birmingham Stallions lane three and a half over under 45 and a half against the Houston gamblers. And I want to ask you this question. Are the game? Now I'm not saying there is good. But the stallions, the equivalent to the blue bombers.
2: I think if you're looking at these leagues and trying to find these equivalents, it's hard. The stallions just seemingly keep finding ways to win, which is a trait of the bombers. But I feel like the bombers are consistently more excellent then I see the Stallions do week in and week out. These last couple of weeks have kind of proven me wrong. The Stallions have looked like a really clean team. They've looked really good. Uh, as much to, as much as I discredit the guy, Alex Magoo's looked pretty good. He, he's been fantastic these last two weeks, especially. And it's hard to, to like count out the Stallions, especially they get a lot of guys on defense back this week. I think number one, I think Scooby Wright is playing. So I kind of still like the Stallions here, but I'm going to – it's tough. This is tough. I I flip-flopped a lot. I'm thinking I'm going to take the Gamblers before it gets – I think this gets down to three. I'm going to take the Gamblers with the hook.
0: I don't know what to do here. I really have no idea what to do here. You're right. Dude, I think
2: – No one has any idea what to do any week in the USFL. This entire season I just has been say, crazy.
0: I really feel – well – I mean, I don't mean to brag. I've won my last three USFL bets in a row, but I'm only betting one game a week. You know what I mean? Like this well, is the yeah, first exactly. game I'm of multiple games. But if I had to bet this game, I have no idea what i I'd do just because the gamblers seem to just be finding ways to win right now. And so, and the stallions, I don't trust their quarterback play. And they're be- they're beat up a lot.
2: I lean towards the gamblers in a close one. I think the stallions win and I think they get to the playoffs, but I think the gamblers keep it close.
0: Now this next one, this is another head stretcher, my friend. Stars laying two against the Generals, who were playing a backup quarterback with an over-under of 44?
2: The Generals might be playing two backup quarterbacks. They had two last week. I don't know what they're doing, really. And their running back is not what he was last year. The offensive line isn't doing anything good. I like the under 44 here just as a blanket. Um, If I lean in towards anything, I'm going to go Stars minus two. But really, I just really like the under in this game.
0: Now, what do I tell you, my friend? Who's
2: not your friend? The sports books aren't my friend. I get it. That's why I'm just, just a lean, Eric. That's why I'm not putting anything hard down yet. But I like the under. I do like the under. That's a, hard, that's a high total for a team that I just don't trust the general's offense to be able to put up any sort of points.
0: Okay. I'm going to pass, dude. I would. I I want to be in the public. I want to be taking the stars, but I know the sports book isn't my friend, so I'm gonna pass.
2: Eric, uh, Mister Pass Man here.
0: Hey, buddy. You know what, Mister R positive, Mister ROI. Call hey, that, you're not friend. wrong. You're not wrong. Next game. You know what? We're not gonna touch the game that is coming out right. The BC Lions, the Stampeders, because the time this goes to press. This game will already have happened. So we're going to switch our attention to the second game. We have the Tiger Cats laying five and a half against the Blue Bombers over under a 47 and a half. Jimbo, you know what I want to do in this game? I want to pass.
2: I know you're going to pass. I'm going to take the Bombers minus five and a half. I think Hamilton can be good, but I think Winnipeg just comes out swinging. Uh,
0: Just that revenge of losing how they did in the... Um... I do
2: like the over in this one, too. I, I I like the over.
0: You like the over? Okay. Yep. All right. Um. What I'm going to do is this. I'm going to pass, dude. I'm going to pass.
2: It's not that. Not Saturday, a bad
0: idea. I'm going to be gun slanging because my Ottawa Redbacks are getting two and a half over under 44. We're seeing the line move in the Montreal Alouettes' favor. Dude, Jesus Christ. Give me the Redbacks. I'll be on them straight up. I'll be on them plus the points. Red Blacks are winning that game, my friend.
2: The good news for you, Eric, is that this is an away game for the Red Blacks, so there's no chance of the home curse coming to bear. Uh, I also like the Red Blacks straight up. I like them plus the two and a half. It's tough, though. Uh, I'm going to take the over in this game, too. I'm going to take the over.
0: It's not tough for me, dude. Give it to me. Give it to me dirty. I'm going to take the two and a half. I'm going to wait for a three, though. I'm going to be on the Red Blacks. I'm going to see if I can get a three of a three pops in the market. Last game. The Saskatchewan stop, drop, shut them down, open up shop. Rough Riders getting two and a half at the Edmonton Elks over under 45. Jim. First off, I might be over.
2: Second you know off, do, buddy. yeah, it's a system play. I'm, I'm gonna keep doing it till it stops working. Give me the Rough Riders straight up, plus 115. It's the Elks at home, yeah. They, they don't win at home, that's they're gonna let the fans down. I, if, if this was flip flopped, I'd be on the Elks to like w- lose by one in the dumbest way possible. But the Elks just find ways to lose in these games. Give me the Rough Riders straight up. I, like I know the Riders, the Riders are probably gonna be the worst team this year, I understand that. But, like, straight up. <laughs> system.
0: You think they're going to be the worst play, the worst team this year, the Rough Riders?
2: I think the Rough Riders have a shot to be the worst team in the CFL this year. They have a shot. They're, they're not going to be good.
0: Well, you know what I do? You know what my system play is, Jim? When two shitty teams play against each other, I take the team that's getting the points, my friend. So I'm, got, I'm on the Rough Riders too. So there you have it, boys and girls. Love it. Uh, there you have it. Uh, if, now this is a big hypothetical. If I was to throw a parlay for the people, and I'm using um, Bovada just because it's, I have this. They got money up. lines. They have money lines up, so I'm just going to use this. I would take the Breakers minus 105, the Maulers at even money. And then I would also take, and then I'd parlay that in the CFL with the Red Blacks plus 125, the Rough Riders plus 115. That nice four teamer is set a little less than 18 to 1, plus 1789. That'd be my parlay of the week. Jim, do you have a parlay for the people?
2: You know what? I'm going to do one for the people. I'm going to do the Rough Riders straight up. I'm going to do the Red Blacks straight up. I'm going to do, I'm going to just do every game just so people know. I'm going to do uh, the Bombers minus five and a half. I'm going to do the USFL. I'm going to go Mullers plus one, Breakers plus one and a half, Gambies plus uh, uh, over 45 and a half, the Gamblers, Stallions, Stars minus two. I'm going to parlay that baby together. Damn it can't see the numbers but it's probably like i don't know it's probably like 25 to 1 i like it. it's probably like more it. than that it's probably like close to like 50 to 1 or 100 to
0: 1 I like 100. I'm, I like gonna, I'm gonna
2: pretend it's 100 to 1
0: jim i'd like to thank you for coming on why don't you tell everyone where they can find you and what time you're going to be streaming games this week because you know what
2: The stream's back. I took a week off last week. I was helping a buddy move, but I'm back this week. So you can find me everywhere at XFL Gym. You know, everywhere anything can be found. Uh, I'm the stream. I'm going to be streaming as much CFL as I can. So Thursday night, baby. Uh, this This is coming afterwards. Hopefully you guys paid attention, 8 p.m. But also, Saturday, USFL, CFL, streaming it all in all of its glory. Sunday. USFL, CFL streams. It's Whenever the game starts, whenever the earliest game starts, that's when the stream starts, baby.
0: Looking forward to it. I'm going to be in and out all weekend, but make sure you give my boy Jim a follow. You know what? Let's cash some tickets. Let's make some money. I'll talk to you next week, my friend. Hell yeah. Please give my boy Jim a follow at XFL Jim. He does live streams, everything. It is absolutely phenomenal. If you are missing out on him and his live streams. I don't know what the hell you are doing. Funny dude, knows his stuff. Make sure to give him a follow. Now let's shift our attention over to fantasy football. And let's give a preview of the Rams and the Denver Broncos. We have reached the point of the podcast where we're going to be talking some fantasy football. And who better to come on than Nick, a.k.a. at NAA fantasy on Twitter. Nick, how you doing today, my man? Great. How are you doing, Eric? Good, good, good. No complaints. Um, for those listening for the first time, what Nick and I have been doing is we've been taking every, we've been going two teams at a time. A couple of weeks when we heat up closer to the season, we'll go three a couple of weeks of teams and a fantasy football preview. We've been going worst to first. Um, we've reached the point where we're going to talk about one of the teams. That Actually, these are probably the most two interesting teams we're going to do. The Broncos and the Rams, for obvious reason. The Broncos made big news this offseason by hiring Sean Payton. I tried to explain how tough it is to design plays, call plays, manage egos, et cetera, et cetera, that everything goes with a head coach. I faded everyone on this team last year except for Javante Williams. And Nathaniel Hackett was a train wreck. They're getting a huge upgrade with Sean Payton. Can Payton save Russell Wilson and this Denver Broncos offense? Yeah,
3: I, th- I think they can. I mean, they're they have the talent on this team. Um, I think they just. I, I thought Nathaniel Hackett that hire was just terrible. Um, you know, there's no reason why he should have been a head coach. Um, and I think Peyton can, you know, lift this offense from the bottom of the barrel to, you know, uh, eventually maybe even a top
0: 10 offense again. Now, when looking at the stats, the one thing that really stood out to me was the Broncos were dead last in points scored, but they were 21st in yards. That's telling me there's talent there and they moved the ball. But when they got to the red zone, They just couldn't get the ball in for six because in my eyes, coaching and execution inside the 20 is huge just because the margin of error is so slim. With the upgrade of Payton, where do you see the offense finishing in total production and points scored?
3: So some interesting stats. I mean, from 2008 to 2021 Sean Payton's offense in New Orleans, they were only outside the top 10 twice in points scored for the whole season. And eight of those 10 years or eight of those years, they finished in the top five, which, I mean, that's telling you that, you know, Sean Payton knows how to coach an offense. I know he had Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, but I mean, Russell Wilson and Javante Williams, both healthy, Uh, I think they can, they can be the same, the same thing. Um, So, you know, I don't think they'll make a huge leap into the top 10 in year one with Peyton, but I believe they can definitely break into the top 20 being, you know, bottom of the barrel uh, last year in
0: points. A big blow was Javante Williams going down with a knee injury. We are starting to see videos of him Cutting on the field during practice without pads, without a uh, with pads, excuse me, without a limp. A big thing for me this year is they didn't draft a running back. I'm always a big believer that actions speak louder than words. Their actions are they didn't draft a running back, which tends to believe he should be good to go sooner rather than later for the season. Um, what's your thought with Javante and everything?
3: So, yeah, I mean, I would think they would draft another running back if Javante, you know, wasn't looking good after the knee surgery. Um, but I think he'll be OK. I know they picked up P. Ryan from Cincy, uh, but in my opinion, he's not an every down back. He's not a stud back. That's, you know, really going to, um, you know, force Javante out of the lineup if he's healthy. Um but there is one interesting thing that did happen today that just came out this morning is the Vikings are looking to uh, trade Dalvin Cook uh, by Friday. Um, and apparently it just came out that he was actually just released. <laughs> so, um, you know, but the the Broncos have actually expressed interest in Dalvin Cook, which kind of throws a little wrench in this. Um so we'll see if they go after him or not. I still think they they have their uh, hooks in Javante Williams and are going to uh, want to still go with him. So I I think that, you know, with him coming, when is he going to come back? I'm not sure. I think he might come back, you know, between like week six, week eight, um, depending on how he's progressing. This could be similar to like a, a J.K. Dobbins type of uh type of thing like last year with the Ravens
0: Um, but we'll see now something to think about with Williams let's look at the last five years of running backs in paint system 2021 Kamara RB8 2020 Kamara RB1 2019 Kamara RB9 2018 Kamara running back four. 2017 Kamara running back three if word gets out Williams is healthy. Where are you drafting him?
3: Yeah, I mean, it all
0: depends on, you know,
3: I'd really say like if he's fully healthy and they're saying he's ready to go week one, like I could honestly see him being drafted in the third round um, if I already have a running back because I would play it with caution because of his injury. You don't know if they say, oh, he's good to go. And then, you know, he comes out and after two weeks and he tweaks something and he's out again for another eight weeks, Um, you know, so I'd want to have a solid, healthy running back drafted first before I draft Javante Williams. I wouldn't draft him as my number one overall running
0: back. Now, let's say he's coming back week four. Where does that drop on your... Where does your draft grade on him drop him?
3: I mean, if he misses the first week weeks of the first four weeks of the season, and he's not, you know, you, you need to have another running back. So I say he drops back to more like an RB three at that point. Um, unless you're willing to wait, um, I'd say he could drop to around possibly round five or six for me.
0: Okay. Now. Another thing, let's say it's week eight. Where are you going to, where, how, where does that drop him back? So I'll use, I'll use
3: JK Dobbins again as an example. Last year, you know, he was coming off that, that bad um, knee injury. He was working himself back in. They weren't really sure when he was going to come back. I took a gamble on him and drafted him late. I would say, I think it might've been the eighth or ninth round. And because he kind of got overlooked and then he ended up coming back late in the season and being great for me. So, you know, if he doesn't come back for the first half of the season, I could honestly see him being overlooked and dropping back to, you know, an eight, nine, 10, 10th round. And somebody takes a gamble on him, hoping he comes back. And, um, you know, but it's got to be it's got to be clear that it's being said that he's not going to come back till week eight because, you know, he could easily uh, they could say, oh, well, it might be the first couple
0: weeks and he's going to come back. Then he's going to be drafted higher in that way. This is the thing. I'm, I'm on fantasy pros right now. I'm looking at ADPs. He has mm-hmm. running back 28 ADP of 70 with middle of fifth round. All right. I'm gonna tell now let's just assume he's healthy. I'm just gonna say some names. Tell me who you'd rather have. Javante Williams, David Montgomery. Saying that Javante Williams is healthy? We're we're saying that let's just say, let's just say he's back by week four, because that's realistic in my eyes.
3: Honestly, I think I'd still take Javante Williams. (laughs)
0: Pacheco or Javante Williams.
3: Um I'm going to go with Pacheco on that one. Uh, Rashad White
0: or Javante Williams? Javante. DeAndre Swift or Javante Williams?
3: Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Uh, I'm going to
0: say DeAndre Swift. (laughs) Brees Hall or Javante Williams? Brees Hall. Yeah. I mean, he <laughs> seems to be progressing a little bit more. And that yeah. the, the Jets' O-line is legit. Now,
2: yes.
0: <laughs> the next elephant in the room, <clears throat> Cortland Sutton or Jared Judy, who's going to be the Michael Thomas in this offense? To me, it's Sutton is the Metcalf. Judy is the lock-in Wilson's eyes. But it all matters who is the Michael Thomas and Sean Payton's eyes. In your eyes, who's it going to be? I think it's uh, Judy, Jerry Judy.
3: Um, You know, we really saw his rapport with Russell Wilson really ramp up in the last four games of last year. Um, It really looked like they found something there. Judy was averaging just under 17 points, fantasy points per game between weeks 13 and the end of the season. Um, I really think they're going to get him going. Uh, I like Jerry Judy a lot.
0: Marvin Mims was a pick that was a little head-scratching to me. Not sure why would you pick him with other needs in where wide receiver room the Broncos have. What are your thoughts on Mims?
3: Yeah, Mims was an interesting one to me, too. I mean, he's a tremendous talent in co- from college or when he was in college. Um, but he was really drafted on a team with a lot of wide receiver depth, um, you know, maybe it was a ploy by the front office and Peyton to light a fire under some of these wide receivers to get them to pick it up a little. Um, But I really don't think he's going to make a lot of fantasy impact in year one unless he really impresses in camp and can take someone's spot. I mean, he's not, um, I don't know how many opportunities he's going to get unless he really
0: impresses, you know, in preseason. Now let's, shift our attention to who we're targeting. I have only one player I'm targeting here. Who, who are you targeting? <clears throat> you know, I'm going to target
3: Javante Williams. Um, you know, I know it's still early. We're still trying to figure out his injury status, but I still like him as a player and I'm, I'm going to keep a real close eye on him and still target him and just play it kind of strategically based on when he's going to come back. Um, and I also like Jerry Judy, as well, um, because I'm banking on Peyton taking him, you know, to the next level.
0: Now, for me, it's just Javante Williams. I have no idea between Sutton and, what you, and uh, Judy. Also, like, I don't know. Like, the whole thing with Russell Wilson, is he broken? Is he not broken? We really don't know. And we really didn't talk that much about Wilson. And I think it's just because you and I are both on the fence about him. And we really yeah. don't know like what to expect from. I'm going to have to see one or two preseason games before and some camp footage before I go into Russell Wilson. <laughs> I've been
3: burned too many times by drafting Russell Wilson in fantasy yeah, football I just, that I just can't. I can't. I
0: just, I'm done with Russell Wilson. I'm not on the Russell Wilson yeah. train. Yeah. Now, either. let's shift our attention to the Los Angeles Rams. By far the hardest team for me to figure out what they're doing. They tank. Think about this. They tanked last year by sh- literally shutting everyone down, and they didn't have their first round pick. Like, what the flying hell are you doing? Quarterbacks, all they have is Matt Stafford. That is it. Mayfield gone. John Woodford gone. Their backup is Stenson. I went to college for 25 years, Bennett, and still didn't graduate. In terms of Stafford, body breaking down, elbow injury, back injuries. And that showed in his play. Think about this: he had a spinal cord bruise last year. A spinal cord bruise last year. This dude, he, I'll tell you what: he's a tough. He's a tough sob. But yeah. with all that being said, and him getting an age, the offensive line being, eh, are you drafting Safford this, this season?
3: Not a chance. I, you know, the injuries concern me as well. I know he's a tough guy. I mean, he played through a lot in Detroit, uh, but the injuries are just piling up at this point, And I can't, I can't trust him to stay healthy. Stetson Bennett, you know, his alma mater, uh, drinking buddy from Georgia. I mean, I understand, I think I understand why McVeigh wants Stetson Bennett, thinking Stafford can mentor him. They went to the same school, blah, blah, blah. I, but you know, Either way, I don't see either one of them making a big impact like the first year that Stafford came to the Rams.
0: Now, we have to go to another interesting talking point. And this is somebody that's getting a lot of love. I was very bullish on my takes last year with Cam Akers. And I was right. And one of my biggest future bets was Cam Akers under rushing props and receiving rushing props. And it worked out great for me. But that was last year, and this is this year. You know, he finished RB4 the last four weeks of the season. I mean, like, where's where's your head with acres? Because like I have an interesting take with Acres, and I'm just letting everyone know. I like like literally when this when I first started doing this stuff was Akers draft class, and I was the biggest Cam Akers supporter in the world. Dude, I was so big, Cam Akers' agent sent me a T-shirt of Cam, a big a big head of Cam Akers. That's how – and I was literally just started to do this. That's how big of a Cam Akers supporter I was. But that was a couple years ago. Maybe my opinion has changed, but before I tell my opinion, I want to hear what Nick's opinion is. Yeah, he's a, he's a
3: puzzling guy, um, but I think that Sean McVay, you know – Everything that happened last year with Cam Akers, I think I think Sean McVay is a good coach and a good motivator, and I think he did it for a reason. Um, he likes Cam Akers and he wants him to be a big part of the offense, and he wants to motivate him to get him to the full potential that he that he has. Um, Sean Payton worked a lot last year on motivating Akers. And I think we saw the fruits of his labor at the end of the 2022-2023 season. The last four games of the season, he had an above five yards per carry average. Um, and they're going to need to lean on the run game as well with their, uh, you know, to keep their QBs healthy. I mean, Stafford obviously has injuries. The O-line is questionable. Uh, I think they need to run the ball um, to take a little bit of pressure off the QB. Um and I, I like Akers as a, as a low-end RB, 2
0: Now, this is it. I love it. This is going to be our first big risk agreement because I want <laughs> nothing to do with Cam Akers. I want nothing to do with it. Because let's just talk this out. Let's just, let us talk this out for a little bit. This is how, I'm, in my head, and headings, I look yeah. at it. He got benched at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. They tried it to trade him. Mm-hmm. And then when everyone else was shut down and not playing and they didn't care of the season, he produced. Yeah. That's that's in my head of head. That's how I look at it. Hypothetically, I'm looking at the thing. Let's say they're in playoff contention, battling for a playoff spot. Would Acres have been out there? And I don't think he would have just because of the issues going behind the scenes with him and everybody there because of that I'm out on cam acres this year I'm I'm done I I, I I wish him nothing but the best you know I, I'll rock my t-shirt as soon as I find it it's in my closet somewhere but I just I I just don't want to be part of the cam acres situation just because I don't know what I'm going to get from him and I don't know if they him and McVay bump heads again he's going to get benched. or he's going to get cut. yeah you know so let me let me ask you this okay so I'm I'm looking at Cam Akers right now. Cam Akers, RB twenty two, overall fifty-seven. All right, Javante Williams, Cam Akers. Who are you drafting? Uh Javante over Cam. Cam Cam Akers, JK Dobbins. Dobbins. Miles Sanders, Cam Akers.
3: That's an interesting one. Um, oh man, Uh, I'm still gonna have to go with Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, Cam Akers. (laughs) You're trying to prove me wrong here, aren't you? (laughs) I'm going with Joe Mixon, (laughs) Damian Pierce, Cam Akers. Oh come on, they De- and just Damian Pierce, <laughs> James Connor, Cam Akers. Ooh, ooh, not that one. Ugh. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Cam Akers.
0: Isaiah Pacheco, Cam Akers. Pacheco. sure
3: to talk me out of this. <laughs> AJ Dillon
0: cam acres cam acres aaron jones cam (laughs) acres uh aaron jones i'm just looking at people around his adp you know what i mean that's that's basically all i'm looking at right now like and that's the thing is that it it, is what is it it's 22 Dobbins, 21, Sanders, 20, Mixon, 19, Pierce, 18, Uh, Connor 25. It's it's an interesting uh, area
3: because, you know, the opportunity could be there where if he's there and there aren't any other options, I'd take him. But there are still other people I would take over him. That's why I'm saying he's like he's a low-end RB2, high-end RB3 at this point for me. Now, are you ready
0: to get blown away? (laughs) Always. Cooper Cup finished as wide receiver 23. 23. And he got hurt in game 10. Cooper Cup got hurt in game 10 and he finished as wide receiver 23 how is that possible cuz how he was is that
3: killing possible? it <laughs> cuz he was killing it at the beginning of the season
0: <laughs> how do you feel how do you feel about his production like like, moving, moving forward, what do you feel about his production? Like, where – do you think he can come close to that next year, this year coming up? I mean, if he stays healthy,
3: he always finds a way to get open for Stafford. If Stafford is is in and healthy um, – or, well, is in and able to throw the ball to the cup, he's going to target him, you know, 12 times a game. And he's going to get his opportunities. I – I'd still be comfortable with taking cup in in certain situations. It all depends on what draft pick I have and who's gone in front of me, but I'm I'm still comfortable taking Cooper Cup you know in the first round.
0: <clears throat> so let just hear this out. okay so. Number five, CD Lamb, 301.7, RB, RB, sorry, wide receiver five, finished with seven, average 17.7 points, fantasy points per game. Stephon Diggs, 18.9 fantasy points per game. Devontae Adams, 19.7 fantasy points per game. Tyreek Hill, 20.1 fantasy points per game. Justin Jefferson, 21.7 fantasy points per game those are your top five okay cooper cup 22.4 22.4 yeah Mm -hmm. 22.4 now let's just i'm just gonna play around with this a little bit i'm gonna what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna subtract week 10 because he got hurt in it, okay? Mm. I'm going to subtract week 10s, because that was only 2.9 fantasy points, okay? And I'm going to divide that by 9. 24.56 fantasy points. Let me times that yeah. by 17 games. 417.6 fantasy <laughs> points. Four hundred. That's more than a, more than a quarterback. <laughs> more than Allen, more than Hurts, more than Eckler, more than Burrow. You know what I mean? Like he would have been yeah, the fantasy player, year of the century. Two, <laughs> number two. He would have been at the same. AB had this run where it's like two or three years where he's a top fantasy producer, and that's what it would have been if he didn't get hurt. Yeah. Um. So which brings me to my question. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. Let's just let's just talk through the first five picks of a draft. Again, we're using the ADP here on fantasy pros. Pick one. Average ADP is Justin Jefferson. Jefferson or Cooper Cup. Who would you pick at one? No, no. Who would you rather want on your team? Jefferson or Cooper Cup? Yeah. <sighs>
3: Man, I'd still want Jefferson.
0: Uh, CMC or Cooper Cup? Cooper Cup. (laughs) Chase or Cooper Cup? Chase. Eckler or Cooper Cup? Cup. Travis Kelsey or Cooper Cup? Cup. Barkley or Cooper Cup? Ooh. I'm going to say Barkley. I'm going to go with Barkley. So literally, right, and like number seven is Cooper Cup. So that was a top seven. So there's only Jefferson, Chase, and Barkley that you take over him. What about Tyreek Hill?
3: No, I, I'd, I'd still go with uh,
0: Cooper Cup. B. John Robinson, Cooper Cup, J.T. Jonathan Taylor.
3: Ah, uh, that's a tough one, but you know I'm on J.T. this year. I'm going with J.T.
4: Oh God, Nick! Oh, Nick. I
3: know, I know. You call me oh, crazy. No. I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm oh. gonna ride the J.T. train all year, whether it blows up in my face again like last
0: year or. <laughs> now, in terms of like the other wide receivers, like. A, I just don't know. I mean, I like Van Jefferson, but he has a history of getting hurt. Um, And I just don't know who's going to step up. You got Higby, but when you look at Higby, all his um production was during non-Cooper Cup weeks. Okay? Yep. Mm-hmm. Non-Cooper Cup weeks. So do you really want to... Target, Tyler Higby. No, not unless Cooper Cup gets injured again. <laughs> but so if Cooper I mean, Cup gets hurt, then we're going to go into it. I mean, I'm let's. I'm pulling up the Rams depth chart right now. Oh, so, if I've got so a if I've
3: mean, got a terrible if I've got a terrible tight end and Cooper Cup goes down, I'd try to make a trade for Higby if
0: somebody had him. Now. Well, they got, they did bring in Steve Avila, which I think is going to help the offensive line. They got no boom back, which will help. But I I a little questions about that, you know, wide receiver room. They got Van Jefferson, Ben Skrullrick. They drafted Puka Nick cow, um, Lawrence McClutcheon, two, two, eight wall. I mean, there's really nothing here. That's really screaming at me. Oh, wow. Look, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just – I don't know. I just – I to me, you know, in terms of tards, I'm all over. I'm all in on Cooper Cup. Um, I'm looking at their defense. This defense is absolutely putrid. I'm going to be looking to take a lot of wide receivers against this defense because I think they'll be able to eat it. But that's kind of all I am. Like, I don't want Stanford. I don't want Akers. I think that, for me, it's just Cup on this team. That's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – Cup obviously makes
3: sense. He's going to get his targets. Um you know, oh, I hope that Stafford stays healthy so Cup can still get and Cup stays healthy too so he gets his targets and his points. Um, and then Acres. I'm on Acres in in situations as a low end RB2. Um you know, but I, I'm 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 not on Stafford. I can't draft him because of his injuries and then all the other wide receivers, I really don't think can make enough of an impact unless you can get one of them, you know, in the late, late round, um, you know, mm-hmm. as one of those flyer guys to get you some points, you know, on a
0: week to week basis or, a, or a buy by a week. Okay. So basically we both are targeting cup. You want acres if the price is right, everyone else we're fading. Um, Nick, I'd like to thank you for coming on, talking some fantasy football. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media, my friend? You can find me at naa fantasy on Twitter. Nick is going to be taking a vacation, so he will be gone next week. Um, but I will take up the reins, and Nick will be back in two weeks. When we uh, knock out, I don't know. What, I don't. I'll be honest. I don't even know what team is next, dude. Let me. Uh, let me Google this bad boy real quick. Obviously, me just being Mr. Professional, not ready. Um, so, next week, we're going to be continuing. We're going to be all the way down to... We just... We're going to be... On, oh, yes. The Raiders and Raiders. the Falcons. Raiders and the Falcons. That should be fun for me because literally I could talk about those teams all day with how much I want to pay them, but that's just me. So I'll be (laughs) back next week. I will talk to Raiders and the Falcons. Nick, we'll see you in two weeks. My fan, my friend, safe travels and have a good vacation.
3: Thanks, Eric. Always a pleasure.
0: Please give my boy Nick a follow at NAA Fantasy. Now let's shift our attention over to NASCAR and see if Brandon and I can continue our winning ways. We have reached a part of the podcast where we're going to be talking some NASCAR, and who better to come on than Brandon, aka Boston Boy eighty three. Brandon, how you doing today, my man? Feeling good, dude. What three in a row now? Three, three in a row. You know, feeling good. You know, walking around. You know standing a little taller coffee tastes a little better in the morning <laughs> yeah. sunshine a little brighter dude uh it's been a good season so far i believe yeah. we've hit six winners we've hit four top tens so if you guys have been tailing along we're going hopefully you've been following us and making some money because it's been really good uh we're going to sonoma uh this week what can you tell us about sonoma my friend big big ass road course that's about all i
4: got for you very hilly uh yeah, that's it. Big road course in wine country with a lot of desert. And that's that's all I got. Can't tell you how it's gonna race.
0: It's elevation change. Um, obviously, you know, Suarez did did win it last year, which was great for him and everything that they're trying to do over at. Um, oh my god, I'm spacing on the on Pitbulls. Trackhouse uh, track house, Pitbulls um, track team. That's um. Let's talk a little bit about who we like. I have one, two, three, four. I actually have five bets. I'm going deep, I, and I, I freaking hate myself for doing it, but I'm going deep, my friend. Um, How many do you have, my friend? I got four. All right, so
4: why don't you kick us off? I'm going to kick us off with the guy that won it last year, Danny Suarez. Um, he's good at this track, loves this track. It's where he got his first win last year. Um, he needs to win this year to get into the playoffs. What better way to go back to back and sitting at 12 to 1 as last year's winner is kind of mind boggling to me. So I like Danny Suarez at 12 to 1. Smashing Pinatas. Uh,
0: I like that. I like that. Um, I'm going to do the chalk and I hate it. I'm taking Elliot. I'm taking your boy plus 550. First race back. I think he's going to come out with something to prove with his first race back from the suspension. Last 15 road courses. He has an insane. Four wins. That means 25% of the road courses, he is actually, he's winning best average finish at Sonoma of all active drivers. So I'll take a chance here with Mr. Chase Elliott plus 550. That is also
4: one of my bets. I hate doing it at 550, but your point coming off his suspension, 11 races left needs a win to get in. I like it. Speaking of another guy that's very good at road courses consistently. AJ Allmendinger 16 to 1 right now. Love the odds. Love the guy at this track. He's a road course ringer. He'll be in contention all day as long as he doesn't get in any trouble. So the dinger for me at sixteen to one.
0: I love I love me a little dinger, my friend. I love me a little dinger. I am on it too. Last five road course races, I got him at sixteen one. Also, four out of five top tens, two top fives, and he's just a road course guy. I mean, there's certain tracks where you immediately just have to bet him. We hit him a couple years ago when that stuff happened with Hamlin and Chastain. I'm yep. going to be on him again be, and you're on him again. Cause he's going to be, he's going to be put in a position to win. So let's both cosine and Dinger 16 to one. What's your next bet, my friend? My next bet is a guy that's very good at a road course. Mr. Martin
4: Truex is very good at Watkins Glen and has finished like one, two multiple times there. I'm going with him at 22 to one at Sonoma. So to get another guy that is successful, maybe not at this road course necessarily, but road courses in general, at 22 to one, I like Martin Truex Jr. So I'm all over that one at 22.
0: That is insane. But you know what? Guess who I don't have on my card this week? Martin Truex Jr. There we go. Uh, to split it up. My next one, and I'm going to someone. He started off. I I feel that. He started off really good, but he's kind of lost in the mix, and that's Austin Sendrick at twenty to one. Yes, Um, you know, first got called up, he did great. I feel he's kind of got lost in the mix, lost with everybody since the call up. I'm seeing twenty to one on him. Uh, Last year, I do believe finished started second, finished fifth last year, so he had a good run there um 10 career road course races up at nascar he has six top tens he's just always in a position to win there was one race where he wasn't a position to win his first year up there and he crashed i think he's going to be in another position to win i think he's at 20 to one we need to we need to uh lock that bad boy in i
4: am going to add one to my bet based off the odds i i'm just now seeing um my last one and i'm just going to group these guys together My last one is going to be Chase Briscoe at 40 to 1. He almost won the Indianapolis road course. Um, He was really good at road courses in Xfinity. Not a whole lot of track record in Cup, but I like those massive odds with him. But sitting right there with him at 40 to 1 is Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin is 40 to 1 odds. And he's the one that dumped Briscoe at that road course in Indy. So. Seeing Denny Hamlin, I don't care his record at road courses, anything. The dude's a go-getter, period. So 40 to 1 Denny Hamlin and 40 to 1 Chase Briscoe. I'm I'm throwing both of them in there. I did not see that until just now. And you better mean, lock him in before qualifying because that will drive if he qualifies in the top 10.
0: That 40 to 1's drastically changing. That 41 is just long gone. Um jeez, dude. Um, sorry to throw that on you, man. That's, juicy. that's yeah. juicy, dude. That's a good find. That's a juicy bet. Um, my next one, I'm going to some guy, and this guy is like always. I, I just feel he's really under the radar, and people forget about him, Chris Busher, twenty-two to one. Ooh. Um, third best average finish in the last sixteen road course races. Finished second here last year. Last six road courses races, his worst finish is tenth. You know, very under the radar guy, does really great here at these road courses. I'm going to take a shot here. I'm going to play Mr. Chris Busher at 22 to one. I have one more bet, my friend. Do you have anything left? No, I'm sitting here looking and I
4: see stuff like I see Ty Gibbs at 50 to one. I like Zane Smith, who's a great truck driver at 250 to one, 250 to one. But I think I've got enough in there. One thing I want everybody to watch out for you do have Zane Smith, who's a, a defending truck series champion, uh, very young and new, sitting at 250 to one. Then you have Grant Infinger, who is replacing Noah this weekend because Noah has a concussion, sitting at 500 to one. I'm not telling you guys to bet them by any means, but if you just want to have a little fun with a really, really high ROI, you might dabble in that area with a couple of those guys, but I'm not telling you to drop your money on them. Or
0: you could put, you could place the top ten on them. I mean, yes. Let, let me take a gander see see what the top ten is. Grant Infinger's first. top ten is nine to one, and
4: Zane Smith's top ten is seven fifty to one. Ooh. So
0: those 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 are nice. I'm seeing top ten for Effinger at sixteen to one. Is that what you said? No, no. The book I have right now is for top ten is nine to one. So I would go seeing, off your bet for that. I'm seeing, I'm seeing nine to one. So I like those. My top ten bet, not that juicy. I'm just taking Mr. Boring Ryan Blaney one plus one twenty. Um, you know, he really struggled last year on road courses, but the year before um top 10 in every single one of them he's been running better and better and better and i'm getting plus money on ryan blaney to be in a top 10 in a race in a nap yeah. you know you just you just got to do it here um you know just strictly a number play so i'll take ryan blaney plus 120 for a top 10 finish boy this is wham bam thank you man sonoma yeah. dude. Boom, yeah. boom 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 Excited Brandon, another week Thank you for coming on. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media, my friend,
4: Boston boy,
0: 83
4: Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and got back on. I racing. Tuesday night Had a seventh, a third, a third and a first. So going to pick that stream back
0: up. Yes. Nice. you yeah. nice. give my boy Brandon a follow. Uh, hopefully we can go for number four and let's, uh, let's catch some tickets. My friend, I'll talk Good to you next weekend. week. Good luck on all your yeah. best. Good weekend, guys. That's it for the podcast. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. Please make sure to give my boy Brandon a follow at BostonBoy83 along with everyone else. Jim at XFL. Jim Brandon at NAA Fantasy, And Gino at It's Me, Gino B. Great weekend of sports. Hopefully you're going to make some money. Make sure you to check out the ETOF 2 one Sports Show that comes out on Tuesday. Let's make some money. Let's cash some tickets. Until next week, boys and girls.